tune in. Tone up. The one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In the first part of lesson 14, Dan explains what modes are and how they're formed. We then look at the mixolydian mode, often used to play over chord changes in blues, soul, funk and country. Over the next few lessons, we'll continue to look at some of the more commonly used modes. been looking at uh, the notes in every key then Dan mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd like to kind of take that a little bit further I've just started looking at all the different modes and how each key if you change the note that you start on you're changing the mode that you're playing so yeah. essentially in a way the scale I also found in our last lesson that I found it quite difficult to improvise over the country backing track with the mixolydian mode yeah and so I'd like to have a look at that something modal okay. would be great yeah I mean to recap maybe on, on some of the things we discussed last week just so people are kind of clued into what we're doing I suggested that you you kind of write stuff down and do practice even without a guitar in your hand now obviously for some people they might think oh shock horror no guitar how am i expected to practice but actually if you can get things like scales and modes straight in your head first it doesn't half help the process i'm going to use a dumb example i love dumb examples they're they're awesome dumb examples and automobile analogies <laughs> they're the best <laughs> yeah the motorbike analogies it's got to be one absolutely of Surely it's gears for modes, is it? It could be gears for modes, yeah. It's a missing one unless you've got a seven speed. If you've ever gone shopping and you've got a whole long list of stuff to buy and you think, oh, I'm I'm sure I'll remember, and you get to the shop, you bet your bottom dollar, I've done it. You feel like a burk, but you get home and you find that you've got half your stuff missing. And it's funny, when you write a list, just that thing of writing something down first seems to reinforce what you've got to do so although you'll still need to refer back to your list from time to time as you go around the shop for some reason it seems to reaffirm what you need to put in your trolley i know it's a funny thing to say (laughs) but it works for me and i'm sure i'm i'm not alone you know if there's someone out there who's mr memory man well lucky old you but i think it's there's an element of truth in that to say the least is that when we write stuff down it, it kind of burns its way into our psyche a little bit more whereas when we just try and pick stuff up and, and the guitar being such a fantastic toy that it is when we go to practice unless we sit down and really make a concerted effort we're just going to play any old tune that we enjoy playing yeah you know the thought of actually mastering this beast of rock is not going to happen so that's why i suggested to you to go and write stuff down how did you find that as an exercise in itself yeah, really useful. And then you start looking on forums and finding ways of remembering which sharps are in each key and 
Did you take it back to the guitar once you'd done some of that digging? I would say I haven't really had a chance to do that yet, mm. so but I will. Yeah, it's tricky, you know, like even with the best intentions in the world, you know, mm. you've got a family and so have I, and, and we're very, very busy people. But trust me, the, the fact that you've done some legwork will pay dividends when you do get back onto the guitar, because you've kind of done the thinking about it bit. The cogs are already turning, so if we play something in C major you've already written it down. So it's already been sort of part remembered, I would say, in its own mm. way. And then it's a matter of taking it onto the guitar and kind of reaffirming what you've written down and sort of assuring yourself now that that works. And what I actually did was I wrote down the key, so C, D, E, F, G, mm-hmm. A, B, and then I, in the next column, started on D and wrote it D to D. Yeah. D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. And then you've got the mode of the Dorian scale and mm. so on. So, yeah, I'm in a position and to look at modes a little bit more. I'll absolutely. Say. And this this is the thing. There is no rule with it. It's what works for you. And it's got to work for you. You know, I've had pupils before where I've written stuff out in the way that I think is perfectly logical, sensible, works for most people. And they kind of look blankly at you and go, I don't, you know, I don't get it. And you're like, okay better explain this a different way and sometimes people will go round the houses in the way they they pick stuff up and they'll understand it written out in a way that you you would have never understood in a million years so it's got to be personal to you it's got to work for you so for our listeners out there let's define what a mode is now you kind of partly explained that when we were discussing this before and that part explanation was that like you know we're starting at a different point in the scale so let's refine that explanation and fill it out a little bit, just so that people really understand what a mode is. Even guitarists who've been playing a long time sometimes have heard of these phrases, but don't really know what it is. And some people will have already been playing these modes, but weren't aware that they were. Because I guess modal playing comes out depending upon the chord that you're playing over, and so even in a chord progression, mm-hmm. you, you can sound quite modal, can't you, I guess? Or you probably... Well, yeah, you, you can certainly, you know, if you're playing notes which absolutely adhere to the chords, there is a good chance that, depending on, as you say, the tune you're playing over, you might well have been called upon to play something from the Mixolydian scale or Phrygian or whatever, and you just didn't know it. It just hadn't registered with you. This is part of the problem sometimes with being a bit of a tab bunny. Is although we all need goals and we all need to get where we're going, and tab is a great shorthand method of delivering what somebody might want, it can also miss out some very, very useful information. Sometimes we really need all that background information and other times we don't. But today we're talking about the times we do. So yeah. let's define what a mode is. Any scale can essentially be broken down into as many modes as there are notes in that scale. So the minor pentatonic scale has five notes, therefore we essentially can have five modes. Then if you look at the major scales, they have seven notes. And once again, seven notes, again we can have seven modes. Now we're going to look at the most common examples. We're going to look at the ones that are probably going to crop up, and they may well crop up if you're playing over country, or if you're playing over blues, if you're playing over metal. These could well pop up from time to time. We're not saying that a scale is for a particular genre. It always worries me when people say silly things like, show me a jazz scale. It's like, I just play music. If what I'm playing sounds jazzy, well, that's great. 
but the scales can be used in a number of different ways. Certainly some scales are more associated with one form of music than another, but scales are options. They're options that we can use to generate a melody or play over something. So let's look at what a mode is. So with the major scale, it's a seven note scale. C major starts on C, and then eight notes later is the octave C, and in between are seven different notes. So, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and another C. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and an octave, another C at the top. So there's seven different notes. That equates to seven different modes. How we get the rough outline of the modes is, say you counted seven notes from each of the notes in the scale. So say you start on C and you just go up. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. I realise that C is the eighth note that we just put in the octave in, but there's seven different notes. That in itself, the major scale, is a mode. If I then start on D, but continue on up the C major scale, but start on D, so no sharps, no flats. D, E, F, G. A, B, C, octave note, D, I have another mode. Now if I go like that through the whole of the scale, I then get seven different scales. But here's the rub, here's the problem. They're all just forms of C. So if I want to really notice how these modes can be usable to me, I need to look at them starting at the same place. The way to look at it is the intervals. Intervals are the leaps, the gaps, tones, semitones, one fret, two fret, whatever it may be, from one note to the next. So in a C major scale, and any major scale, C to D is a tone, D to E is a tone. So it's tone, tone, F, that's semitone, tone, tone, semitone. F to G, G to A, another two tones. A to B is another tone, and B back to C is a semitone. So a major scale goes tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone. Easy to see if you put it all on one string. Yeah. Now, if you write out each of those modes using your major scale as a template, so you're using your major scale as a starting point, write out each of those modes, now not in note form, but from the scale or the mode that each, each mode has generated from your major scale, now write it out as an intervalic set of leaps. Yeah. So when you get to Dorian, so D, you're going to have a tones jump from D to E, then a semitone to F, then tone, 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 G, A, B, semitone to C, and a full tone back up to the D. So once you've gone through all of those, you just used your major scale to generate this set of leaps. You then have all of the jumps you need to make from any note to produce the one of the seven modes. And then take the starting note to C. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, what you'll actually, but what this, what this then does, if we actually kind of look at it in the cold light of day, you'll find that each of those modes, if you start from the same note now, is a major scale in itself. Yeah. By starting on a different note, 
So you'll have C Ionian. That's just C major. C Dorian is actually B flat starting on C. Well, it's yeah. very well over the blues. And you can hear the difference there. Yes, you when can you... now. Yeah, that's Whereas it. Whereas before you wouldn't have been able to. Ionian, Dorian, Phrygian is actually A flat starting on C. <laughs> Metal one or, or Spanish. <laughs> That's it. So Phrygian, Lydian is G major starting on C. Mixolydian. Well, Mixolydian will be F starting on C. Yep. Then we've got Aeolian, which is going to be C minor. Or in other words, E-flat major, starting on C. And last but not least, we've got the viol-sounding one. And the viol-sounding one is D-flat major, starting on C. And this is Locrian. It's horrible. Yeah, it's only going to be used in jazz, isn't it? It, it works <laughs> over a C diminished chord, that particular yeah. one. Okay. So, that's my basic explanation of modes. The next thing to do is to maybe take a look at some modes which I think are maybe the, the popular ones. They're all usable, but in different ways. Some are more usable than others. Yeah. Thank you for your explanation there of modes. One mode which I'd like to become a bit better acquainted with myself is the Mixolydian mode. Right. Good choice. Let's maybe discuss very briefly before we sort of launch into to this about what maybe the different modes are used for. Some of them are fairly obvious. Music can be like opening Pandora's box. Yes. You know, once you start, you don't know where it's ever going to stop. And that's half of the beauty of music, is that you don't know where it's going to end. It's like a limitless thing. Yeah. And that's it's one of the things that keeps us coming back, let's face it. But also when you're a performer or somebody who enjoys playing or whatever, even if it's not in front of an audience, you need to be able to make some progress in this complicated world that is music. So we need to be able to offer some kind of sort of usableness to, to these modes and things. So when we look at it, in the major scale, two of the modes are just the minor and major scales. Yeah. Now, it doesn't take Einstein to work out that if you've got a song in a major key, probably your major scale is going to be a fair bet. Your major pentatonic scale contains all but two of the notes in a major scale. So if you want to play in a major fashion and make it a little bit more bluesy, you can always use a major pentatonic. So you want to play over something in C major, fill your boots, use C major pentatonic. You can even use a bit of the old blues note here and there and chuck in the old C major scale and you'll be happy as Larry. Happy as a pig in poo. Yeah. If you're playing over something in C minor, once again, looking at the logical thing there, using a C minor pentatonic or even the blues scale is, is also going to be perfectly feasible and usable alongside your minor scale. If you're in a true minor key, so I'm not talking about a bluesy key where we go from maybe a minor chord to a major chord, a first to a fourth chord, one, two, three, four, yeah, first to a fourth chord and the second chord is major. Yeah. But when you're playing in a true minor key, so if you're in C minor, you'd have 
F, F minor as well. Yeah, F minor rather than F major, yeah. So those two are instantly kind of fairly obvious. The other one which we're not going to deal with today, because as, as I jokingly said earlier, it sounds a bit dodgy, is the Locrian mode. It does have plenty of uses in jazz. If you're playing over a diminished chord, it can sound cool, but you've really got to have the backing that's totally and utterly appropriate to it. It's not one to just chuck into the classic rock set on a, on a Saturday night down the no, dog no, and dug no, because no, you no, want no. to be clever. You've got to play it in the right place. There are some which are slightly more of a speciality. So out of our seven modes, we've already kind of whittled it down from seven to four. So the four we've got left is Mixolydian, Dorian, Phrygian, and there's Lydian. Now we yeah. can look at Lydian at a later date. Again, I must admit, unless the backing is supporting that kind of mode, I don't always find that Lydian's one, an obvious one that you can just chuck in. If a song hangs on a certain chord for a long enough amount of time yeah. and enables you to play that mode because it's a kind of fairly static backing, it can be an interesting one to chuck in there. But of course, the king of, of Lydian is Joe Satriani. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You yeah, know, he loves he loves the hanging sound that Lydian has. The sharp four. It has got a lovely sound to it, but like you say, it's it's limited by the the chords that are being played. Really. Perfectly reasonable down the yeah. dog and duck on Friday night in the right place. Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to boil it down to. So maybe some really usable modes, the three that are left. But let's look at Mixolydian. Now, the thing with Mixolydian is there's not really many chord progressions where you can just play it and get away with it. Yeah. You kind of have to move the Mixolydian scale around the piece you're playing. Now, say we are in the key of... Well, let's, we're in the key of C there, so that works. If you're doing a fairly normal progression, which went C, B flat, F... circumstance that fairly easy three chord trick is the only one thus far really that i found where you can just sort of blast yep. through that and it kind of works okay so sounds what? good on your new guitar as well dan oh <laughs> drop that one in there like a cheeky boy well we now have we we're, we're, we're double prsing more than blood brothers we are prs brothers yes yeah he has a regular neck i have a i have a thin pattern thin neck it's all good. very nice it is too with those inlays it's yeah, a fruity lovely. beast yes and so is yours so talking of fruity beasts let's look at the mixolydian scale and maybe how it's more likely to be used okay often if you're playing over a 12 bar blues or something you know 
country is, is quite a common use for the old Mixolydian too. Yeah. A 12 bar blues or 12 bar style piece, if it's kind of quite majory, you know you get those kind of country shuffles. <laughs> Clearly, sort of a very yeah. major. Now, when you're dealing with things like that, you know, Mixolydian would be a fair choice because yep. it's basically like playing with some sort of bluesy kind of notes but adding the major third, which highlights the majorness of it all. So even if I got the minor pentatonic scale, now if I add the major third yeah. note, and I swing between the minor and major third. Very Clapton, isn't it? Gives you that kind of major but bluesy sort of sound, yeah. country vibe but when you change chord that C sharp in this instance that we're hitting against the A to give us a major third will clash violently against the next chord up in the in the 12 bar which yeah. is the D7 because that's got a C in it so yeah. that's going to sound pants so we then need to look at the mix Lydian that belongs to the D chord yeah. and that would be like playing a G major scale starting on D so <laughs> So now we have this situation where we're going to change from the A Thank you. 
the same applies again when we go to the E chord. Yeah. Now if D had G, as this mixolydian, when we go to the E chord, logic tells me that it must be A played over E. Yeah. Move that G up tw twice, yeah. 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 So we're okay. really fitting it around every chord. Okay. Now if I go to a, a kind of country backing, I'm going to play through it. Maybe you can have a go as well. So the first one is going to be D played over... So this country backing we're going to play is... It's always the fourth above. We're playing over a backing now in D, because that's the oh, country indeed. backing yeah. I've got. So your first one is going to be G. G, yeah. Then when it changes to a G chord, it's going to be C. C and then D. Yeah. So you, if you can think along those lines, it's always a fourth above. So if you if you find your note that you begin with on the E string, so a yeah. D note is at the tenth fret, if you went to the A string directly above it, you would have a fourth above. Yeah. And if you locate that note, that's a G. So you know that G major, yeah, but starting on a D will give you D mixolydian.
so good is it outlines the chords yeah, yeah, yeah so you especially if you're playing in a three piece where there's no keyboard player or no no other guitar player or horn section or whatever to outline those chords and you're just relying on the bass player even if the guy's kind of playing fairly rudimentary root notes the audience can hear the chord changes yeah and so it makes a solo if it's done right sort of meander less because you're playing through the changes I heard it once described, and I think I said this in our first country podcast that we did, that when I was looking at, in the early days of learning a little bit of country, one guy said, and it sort of really stuck with me, that the way a country player plays is more like a jazzer, where they look at the chords and then kind of play something appropriate over the top, rather than kind of, we've got a scale, hey boys, let's pull a pin and go for it. It's completely different ethos. If you can actually kind of cross-pollinate some of that stuff and put it into your rock playing, you'll find that it can really help your rock playing kind of cement with the backing and kind of play something much more meaningful over the chords that connects better with the chords, I personally think. That's my own personal view. What I also do sometimes to connect the different modes up especially as we're going through maybe the last two chords in the progression where we're going through sort of like, we're in the key of D, we're going through the A, then the G. It's a fairly quick walk through when it's a shuffle, quite a fast shuffle like that. It's you can use some chromatic passing notes. So I mean, not just the ones where we're going... Where we're going from the minor to the major. So I've got there... So I've gone down the C sharp, C and B of yeah. the 14th, 13th and 12th fret of the B string. And then I've walked back up to the major third of the G from the 10th. So I've only got one there. Oh yeah. But 
that's as if we stood on the A. We can then connect the... Um... So you can hear the A in this bit. Fourteen, thirteen, and twelve on the B string, and then you go, you walk back up to the major third in the G seven chord. So ten, eleven, twelve. So you down one, up the other. So we're going <coughs> twelve. So you go fourteen, oh. thirteen, twelve. Okay. Then ten, eleven, twelve for your G G seven. And then land back on at some point the eleventh fret of your G for the D chord. There's your major third of your G. Yeah, okay. So it's all about the major third and the seventh. Well, I, you know, I stand corrected, but I've I always feel it it kind of works best with the mixolydian to kind of view it like that. It's all about the major third and the and the dominant seventh. Those are the notes that it kind of really kind of. It highlights. There's, there's the dominant seventh. <clears throat> exactly, so that's why we've got. And that time you finished on the root note. Thanks very much for those helpful tips on the Mixolydian, Dan. No problem. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar gear. If you enjoy this podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website at tuneintoneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and other resources. I hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Mm-hmm.